0: Because he was a prolific pedophile, um, necrophiliac. He had access to hospital patients and mental patients. And he was so high in the royal circle that when Princess Di and Charles were having marital problems, he was brought in as a marriage guidance counselor. So, Cindy Roberts, yes, you've correctly given her credit for her absolute bravery. You know, the first case the criminal case was shut down the sweetheart deal came they were the victims were labeled prostitutes so if you're labeling victims right. prostitutes that makes them Children. you know wor- yeah. worthless people whose testimonies won't be trusted in court so i believe that this you know epstein is just a small part of this massive elite network and they realized they could protect him 10 years ago but Once everything resurfaced and it got completely out of control, he had to be sacrificed. And you mentioned, you know, Ghislaine's house in London was one of the locations that Andrew had sex with Virginia Roberts at. I believe she had sex with him three times. And yes, we did indeed go there, and we got we were filming outside of a house, and we were lucky because the cleaner opened the door, so we were able to to poke our camera in and, and get an absolute video of the white banister because Prince Andrew's PR machine had said that that photo was a fake and they were trying to give that impression that this was all made up but now the FBI has verified and the Department of Justice has verified and they say they they believe that the photo is 100% accurate and we nailed it it's at that location in London where we went to the house That's incredible
1: Well, you know, as this story unfolds uh, here in the US there's, I don't know if you've heard of a uh, young woman, Whitney Webb, who's been doing a, a series. She wrote a four-part series um, on Jeffrey Epstein and his ties to organized crime as well as U.S. and uh, Israeli law enforcement. And she, she discovers how... Um, it's a, this I'll just read to you real quick uh, in the part one. She examines how a mob linked businessman with deep ties to notorious gangster Meyer Lansky developed close ties with the Federal Bureau of Investigation while also running a sexual blackmail operation for decades, which later became part of a, which later became a covert part of the anti-communist crusade of the 1950s led by Senator Joe McCarthy himself known throughout Washington for having a habit of drunkenly groping underage teenage girls. Yet it would be one of McCarthy's closest aides who would take over the ring in later years, trafficking minors and expanding the sexual blackmail operation at the same time he expanded his own political influence, putting him in close contact with prominent figures including former President Ronald Reagan and a man who would later become President Donald Trump. This is, you know, one of the things that's been uncovered here is that also through Whitney Webb's um, series is that, in fact, this home that Les Wexner just gave Jeffrey Epstein uh, to occupy was already, and this is confirmed in a news article about the residence, um, it had in a bathroom under the stairs, leaded walls with a bank of monitors hidden inside a closet that were connected to every room in the house. And, and Jeffrey Epstein himself referred to speaking to working for the CIA back in the 1980s. And then this is later confirmed where, you know, Alexander Acosta, the um, then attorney general in Florida that allowed this ridiculous plea deal Um, confirmed when he said on the record that he was told to back off that Epstein belonged to intelligence. And that confirmation alone tells us that our intelligence agencies are not pursuing criminals. They're protecting these super predators. I mean, you mentioned Jimmy Savile and the probably thousands of children he abused. This is a guy who received what is that medal? It's a um, the highest medal the Queen can bestow, he got three of them, and and then <laughs> you know I was like seriously, and so you know here we have you know Jeffrey Epstein being protected in the same way, and and it is clear you know the FBI came forward and said oh we want to you know we want to hear from other uh, victims and get their stories so we won't let this die. You, we we know now that all they're doing is identifying previously unknown victims who need to be shut up. They have no intention of prosecuting any of this. And the FBI was corrupted by with this kind of sexual blackmail operations back when Hoover got caught in a relationship, a sexual relationship with a man. So the FBI is very much and the CIA directly tied into you know these child sex trafficking operations used to ensnare the wealthy and powerful and blackmail them. It, it, it's horrifying to realize that, you know, this isn't just some rogue folks. This is our entire, in the U.S. anyway. This is our entire federal law enforcement system is is not only protecting these people but help. You know, also co-operating <laughs> these networks. It's just shocking. Are you finding in um, London, as you know, from your perspective over there, do you see much of what is happening here in the U.S. and the way that all of this is playing out, or is the propaganda still so thick that it's it's hard to to see?
0: Well, I'm watching all the people who are keeping it going, like Whitney Webb and David Icke. I've interviewed David Icke, and he, you know, for decades has been writing about these child sex traps being used by the intelligence agencies. Like you said, going back to the formation of the CIA, Maya Lansky, the gangster. And if you look at the money side of it, people like Epstein are fronts, for intelligence agency assets. Look at Ghislaine Maxwell's dad, who was Robert Maxwell. He used Mossad money to take over a newspaper here in the UK, the Mirror Group, a a huge tabloid back then. It was one of the biggest papers in the country. And when he couldn't pay the Mossad back, he pilfered the pension money, and then he was found dead um, off you know, he had this boat called the Lady Ghislaine, named after his daughter, and he was found dead. I think he was around Spain or the Canary Islands, um, off his boat.
1: He was naked, right? Yeah. He was found. I believe he was naked, too. It was very, yeah, very yeah. suspicious circumstances around his death. And did you know his two, uh, the two other daughters were um another researcher amazing Polly who has a YouTube channel discovered that Gehlen's sisters were also spies who had developed a company that successfully installed their software on HP servers that were then uh put to use with the Library of Congress, the Pentagon, the State Department all over um US uh, U- the U.S.'s most sensitive institutions. So the, the whole family, it was a family affair, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the corporate
0: side of it, there's this network that Whitney Webb and Amazing Polly have written about. But if you go back to the Iran-Contra stuff that they've tied it into, I wrote a book called American Made about the CIA cocaine-flying pilot Barry Seal. He was bringing all this cocaine into Maine, Arkansas. And I think it's Whitney Webb. I was just reading her article today. She's saying that Epstein was part of Southern Air uh, Transport, which was the company yes. the CIA was using to charter these military flights that um, Barry Seal Barry C- uh, was flying the cocaine into the U.S. with and flying weapons back to Nicaragua, Central and South America with. So if Epstein, you know, goes back to Iran-Contra, and Bill Clinton has got a pattern as well here, because if you look at around Iran-Contra, Bill Clinton was providing the state security for that cocaine coming in, and Trump tweeted about the Clinton body count, you know, the boys on the tracks, Don Henry and Kevin Ives, two boys who witnessed one of these cocaine drops. They ended up being found dead on these railway tracks and nobody ever been prosecuted for it ever since. Linda Ives is still trying to seek justice and that's because Clinton was providing the state police protection. A lot of the information I've got about him comes from some of the state police who are still alive. Now, back then, Clinton had one of his biggest donors was a guy called Dan Lasseter and Dan Lasseter, He was a financier, like Epstein, he was doing bond issues, Clinton had set up a company called ADFA, Arkansas Development Finance Authority, which was supposedly going to create jobs and help the Arkansas economy grow, but according to Larry Nichols, who worked for ADFA and blew the whistle, he said they were laundering up to $100 a month in cocaine money, the money was coming into these banks, and then you could get a loan, Now, to get a loan, you had to pay $50,000 to the Rose Law Firm, which was Hillary Clinton's law firm. Once you got these loans, the loans were never paid back. Now, Dan Lasseter also was throwing parties and, according to Larry Nichols, was giving cocaine away to underage girls. So it's exactly the same pattern we see as, as Clinton's relationship with Epstein, with the child trafficking.
1: Right, right and And you know one more tie in there is that that southern air um the the airline the CIA front um company doing all the shipping was used by Les Wexner as well yes the man who gave and this was how he was able to get his um company, the limited off the ground was by um switching over to this particular airline for all of his shipments. So I, it is a small club, <laughs> for sure. It's the same when that I wrote pop up over and over. When I
0: wrote about Pablo Escobar and the Cali cartel and the Medellin cartel, I had to study the banking operations of Panama, and I quickly learned that the intelligence agencies and the drug cartels, they launder their money in exactly the same ways. They buy legitimate businesses, they buy banks. They have front companies like the limited. They use people like Wexner. They use people like Maxwell. And that's how this goes down.
1: Right. And and two other names uh, um, associated with what you were just talking about, that whole um, Iran-Contra were, you know, George Bush and Adnan Khashoggi, you know, uh, who were critical pieces of that um, network and... Um, you know it this they get there for successfully pulling off these kinds of operations that's how they seem to earn their stripes to get the you know presidential the the shot at a presidential slot and um you know again it's like the, the that circle of people is so small you know and if you look at Bush, he goes back he you can date him back to the j f k assassination and all of the mafia. Involvement in that so um,
0: Absolutely, I've got the Bush crime family as deeply involved as the Clinton crime family I've got George H.W. Bush pegged as one of the chief architects in the cocaine operation That was coming in Arkansas and and to other military bases across the country and under George H.W. Bush he delegated this work to Oliver North and Felix Rodriguez who was a hardcore CIA guy who was present, um, you know, he had operations in Cuba.
1: hmm Yeah. So this is when, so in terms of um, what you're doing now with, to to bring it back to the present day, the work you're doing now with um, your interviews of John Mark Dugan and, um, with, you know, now that Ghislaine and... Uh, john luke brunell have been found where i mean we we know that this is not going to get prosecuted by any of the law enforcement agencies um that would be best able to prosecute it where do you expect your own work to go on this topic and not limiting it to the child sex trafficking because obviously that is just sort of the um underpinning of how, you know, governments are run and business is conducted at this point. So it's the, it's the engine for the whole thing. Um,
0: so, on my U- so on my YouTube channel, I have a lot of people asking prison questions, so I post answers to prison questions. I have a true crime podcast where I interview someone for a couple of hours each week who's got a hard-hitting story. And months ago, all of a sudden, everybody just started asking about Epstein So I put a video up stating um, the title was Will Bill Clinton have Epstein suicided or or killed, sorry, killed um, in prison to avoid Lolita scandal? And in that video I said that, you know, the method, it would be made to look like a suicide. So once that did actually come, actually happened in the real world, my channel kind of became this this go-to channel for Epstein News. I'm just getting bombarded every single day with people asking questions. I'm trying to interview all the other experts on that subject right now. So it's really that the YouTube viewers have been been steering this, and my own research has led me into other areas. Now, I put that out about Clinton because I've been writing for years a war on drugs series of books, and that's how I learned about the Clinton body count. Anyone who ever exposes the Clintons, tries to expose the Clintons, or is the risk to the Clintons, they absolutely will have them eliminated. And it was by successfully containing the cocaine operation through Arkansas. It was that money that came in that helped him through contra- political contributions to launch to the presidency. And he'd also shown the CIA and the other big people involved that he was a team player. So it was by facilitating that cocaine operation, which a lot of people died around, Multiple right. witnesses to the Boys on the Tracks case died, and Clinton had this medical examiner called Malik. And no matter how you had been killed, you know, he would determine it however the, the authorities want them to determine it. So, people who had been, uh, he said one person had died from natural causes or ulcers in his stomach and something like that, and the, the, the person had been decapitated and stabbed right. and burned and all these other things. It just went on and on and on. So, Presently, um, for, for Christmas, I've got a book coming out. It's going to be called Clinton, Bush and CIA, CIA Conspiracies from the Boys on the Tracks of Jeffrey Epstein. And the more research I'm doing on that right now, that's what I'm going to be putting the videos out on from here on out to Christmas, as well as the questions that are coming in on the channel. <laughs> and it's absolutely fascinating. All the tentacles of where this stuff reaches. When these are high-profile right. uh, pedophile sex trafficking rings when there's trouble amongst them they will tend to protect each other but there becomes a tipping point when the pressure is on the media spotlight is so bright they have to sacrifice certain individuals and that's why Epstein was killed and that's why I made that call because when you have a criminal case when certain people are named in a court of law in a criminal case government agencies have to act upon that information so by ending that criminal case by his death, they stopped that risk. Now, that's also why Ghislaine Maxwell and Jean-Luc Brunel are nowhere to be actually physically found. We suspect that they're in, in Brazil. John Mark Duggan said they've been geolocated there. It's not 100% confirmed. We suspect that. It's as if they had this getaway plan. But, you know, if they were arrested, they would be in the exact same position as Epstein. They would then be the, the huge risk for this pedophile sex trafficking network. So they would be at risk of elimination as well
1: right well you know my own personal theory on jeffrey epstein was that he was not actually killed but that he was snuck out and then you know who the hell knows i you know i i i'm only disagreeing for the you know voicing that for the sake of discussion because you know how many times here in the US we're constantly reminded of how, you know, they can do they can make someone look dead. You look at John F. Kennedy. This is this is another reason why I think they just he was still too valuable to them and they knew he wouldn't squeal, but they just had to shut down the case. And the only way they could do that, as you said, was for him to wind up dead. And I think he's not dead because for example, they brought in the same coroner who contradicted the surgeon general report on john f kennedy's assassination and i couldn't believe the guy was still alive i'm like that has got to be fake news but it wasn't he's in his 90s the surgeon general's report on john f F. kennedy's death was that he was struck by a bullet in the throat under the adam's apple first that came through the windshield and then he was hit in the head from another direction concluding that at least two shooters were involved. This is the Surgeon General. But this guy, the coroner, who was asked by the defense to come in and supervise the autopsy, was the same one who said, who, who signed off on an autopsy for John F. Kennedy, saying there was a single shooter, that his death was the result of that single gunshot wound to his head. So that just sent uh you know set off all kinds of alarm bells um for me. And um, you know, we have no video, you know, the one sh- no funeral. Where's the fucking funeral? You know? <laughs> then there's like no there's this one like grainy picture that you can't really make out. And then meanwhile we have the guy, you know, Jean McCary just turns up dead not what two months before or a month before and witnesses have been dying all along the way i mean and then we also know based on um the records that you know john mccary and and all the other investigators involved were being directly threatened by um individuals and their families were being threatened so you know just for the sake of debate, um, you know, that's sort of my take on what really happened just because then it was the prosecution that moved to close the case with no further arrest planned. So that made it really obvious that they, they had bargained on this and that their goal was to shut it down altogether. Not just on Jeffrey Epstein. So all those public statements about how we'll get to the bottom of this is just a lot of nonsense. They, they're all implicated. William Barr and um, numerous other members of uh, Donald Trump's cabinet and, and administration were meeting with Jeffrey Epstein in July of 2008 when he was, that deal was just getting wrapped up, the ridiculous plea deal. And they were Meeting about the financial markets, and this is when Jeffrey Epstein was doing all of his machinations and setting up all these financial vehicles, um, that were used to then swindle, you know, tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars out of the markets when it crashed, not what, two, three months later. And that, you know, that just seems to suggest to me that where They're always looking. They need a war. They need a financial crisis, you know, something to get people to stop talking about this stuff. And, um, you know, they couldn't pull off a war, it seemed, with Iran. They weren't getting anywhere. And Donald Trump needs to get reelected, so a financial crash would be a bad idea for his campaign. So um, this was their, you know, plan C for getting people to shut up about it i mean the idea that the prosecution would move to close the case they have they know who all these people are it's in the 2008 proceedings everything was detailed they named everybody they already know it's not like they need the evidence they already have it all that's the part that that kills me
0: You touched on it earlier. The FBI is finding out who these victims are so that they can contain that information. So whenever there is an arrest at the Epstein level, which puts at risk people as powerful as Prince Andrew and the Clinton crime family, then every level of the investigation has to be controlled, whether that's the coroner whether that's the, you know, detectives that are investigating it at the street level, you know, they have to put their front men in. So you've got the coroner, like you said, the medical examiner. You've got William Barr, who has a history of covering up various intelligence agency-related operations. He worked for the CIA. He was deep. He's just basically a CIA front person who will steer everything in the direction that they wanted. And it was his father that actually recruited Epstein to the, um, the exclusive school, the Dalton in New York, that, um, that got him his first job before he was kicked out of the school.
1: Right. He had no qu- credentials whatsoever either for teaching.
0: So how do no you go degree. from being a simple school teacher to being a billionaire?
1: Right. Right. And no one can, there is absolutely, no one can seem to identify how that came to be. And because Les Wexner was his only client on the books for many, many years paying, you know, incredible fees that suddenly dropped off at one point. Um, And this was supposedly when Wexner broke off their arrangement, but... um, Epstein still occupied that house, and there were never any charges brought against him. For Les Wexner to later be saying, I don't know if you saw this, he claimed he had no idea and that Epstein was stealing money from him to the tune of, like, $400 million. It's like, you seriously didn't notice $400 million missing until now? It's like, why are you bringing <laughs> You know, if he was stealing from you ten years ago, why did you bring this up ten years ago? It's like it was just such a ridiculous um, ploy to distance himself. But uh, there, there is literally no explanation for how Jeffrey Epstein came to came into that kind of money. All these problems.
0: From my research on the war on drugs, the most profitable businesses for the intelligence agencies are the drugs business and the arms business and the politicians know this from alcohol prohibition because by making drugs illegal, completely worthless plants became more valuable than gold. Pablo Escobar in the late 1970s when he was getting started, he could source a kilo of coca paste for $60 from Bolivia. And that uh, a kilo of cocaine in America... Was going for sixty thousand. So by the politicians wow. and legislators making drugs illegal, they've made the biggest incentive for the mafia and which which the intelligence agencies tap into. You know, there's a, there is a place where government and crime coexist, and this is exactly where oh, it yeah. is. You know, people like El Chapo, people like Escobar—they're fall guys, really. Right. They're the bogeyman in the war on drugs. Um you know, exactly. you see that as soon as they get arrested, nothing stops. The black market gets bigger yep. every year.
1: Yep. Just like with Afghanistan and the opium market, we, you know, the, the Taliban had reduced it to almost zero around the year 2000. And as soon as the U.S. invaded, reinvaded, um it's been hitting new highs almost every year since.
0: <laughs> every I mean, Every country that America has invaded... Drug production has gone up hundreds of percent.
1: Yep, yeah, no, it's it's really very shocking and disgusting. And one of the other things um, that happened—I don't know if you saw this—with the Jeffrey Epstein case, over you know, right in the weeks leading up to his arrest, was not only Joe Carey's death, but um, he managed to sell off the Lolita Express. Not two, three weeks before he was arrested. And the Lolita Express would have had all of that DNA from these hundreds of wealthy and powerful people who were sexually abusing these girls on in these orgies on the plane that supposedly took place. And and somehow, you know, FBI and CIA know what you and I are posting on Facebook, but they don't know <laughs> that Jeffrey Epstein is selling off the most critical piece of evidence in his case in the weeks leading up to a, a planned high-profile arrest. It's just, you know, it defies reason. And, you know, it, it really just sort of punctuates, you know, it's not just a blurred line, these people... The, you know Jeffrey Epstein and organized crime are working hand in hand with our law enforcement our law enforcement is nothing but organized crime i mean these guys the people on the street think they're they're out there investigating crimes but all they're doing is uncovering more blackmail material for the people higher up to use that's i mean in the, in the end that's all that it's doing or or uncovering other drug or weapons operations that the, you know, big mafia dons want to roll up into their operations. You know, a business um are identified for them. I mean, that really is all that they function as anymore. No one goes to prison here ever who's caught doing this stuff. It's only the whistleblowers and journalists who are, you know, fear for their lives, like, you know, John Mark Dugan who had to flee to Russia, and he feels safer there. Like on his interviews, he was saying he feels safer there than here. I mean, how pathetic is that?
0: Well, it is the same here in London. I have recently interviewed an ex-Scotland Yard detective, and the the podcast is called London Epstein-Style Pedo Rings Protected by Police, The cop's name is John Wedger, J-O-N-W-E-D-G-E-R. And on that podcast, John Wedger is saying that every time he went out and was assigned to Vice and he was getting all the details of the prostitutes, then he found out about all of the child prostitutes and the child sex trafficking. He He was surveying this and getting more and more information. It was building up to the point where he was finding out also who all of the customers were. And as soon as he found out that the customers were high-profile people, TV celebrities, politicians, the order came down from above, and he had to shut those investigations down. And they kept moving him around. And everywhere he moved to, they said, you've got to stop doing this. But he wouldn't stop, and he just kept doing it over and over so the order came down multiple times, you got to stop doing this. Investigations are getting closed down. In the end, he said to them, look, my heart's breaking seeing these children coming out of these foster homes, getting pimped out by the owners of the foster homes. who are getting thousands supposedly to house them and protect them. Um, they were running, were just running away on the weekends and prostituting themselves. A lot of them had been abused as children themselves and they were getting high on drugs and alcohol, and his heart really broke hearing all of their sad stories, but whenever he tried to get justice for them, everything got completely and utterly shut down, and it got to the point where they said to him, look, if you don't stop doing this, you're gonna lose your job, you're gonna lose your home, you're gonna lose your family, we're gonna absolutely destroy you, and that's what happened. They, 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 They destroyed his life, he lost his job, he lost absolutely everything. Trying to uphold law and order trying to protect the welfare of children, and he lost absolutely everything.
1: Uh, how did, I mean, what does that, the thing for me, you know, I, it's still, I, I am personally working to wrap my head around, you know, the reality that, you know, our the, the, these systems, it's not the people, it's the systems that are, they are organized crime syndicates these law enforcement quote unquote systems and they truly have to be completely abolished and because there's no you can't fix that you the system is working exactly the way it's supposed to the way they set it up and um you know there is no hope for us if that is this if we allow this to continue. I mean, where does that lead us? If if our law enforcement is protecting people who are systematically abusing children? Our children? Like where does that leave us? If, I mean Well everything's complete
0: everything's upside down.
1: It really is. I mean, it it just over and over again, you know, this exercise of covering these topics, just, you know, you think you understand, you think it's just these, you know, oh, it's that department. Oh, it's those people. Maybe it's just at that level. But then, you know, it really is hitting me hard lately that, you know, it truly is these systems serve organized crime. That's what they do under, you know, under the guise of um, legitimacy, and and they're publicly funded. On top of it, <laughs> we're funding these agencies that are going out and raping and and abusing our children. It's just it's it's sickening, and and to see people like you just described over and over again be chewed up and spit out for trying to do the right thing. It's just infuriating. I, I can't, you know, some days I'm just like, I really could just rip one of those people apart if I ever got my hands on them. I'm just so disgusted. And, and then they get up, you know, in, on TV and, and make these statements and, you know, act so sanctimonious. It's just ghastly. The, the criminality of it all it's infuriating
0: how do well you, the politicians, do you, all they care about is votes and they, they you know they, they they're appearing to be tough on crime while well, at the very same time they've taken the exact drugs that they're you know locking people up for taking
1: right right it, it's ex- that's exactly right and the, the other thing that is, has become abundantly clear, at least in the U.S., and I suspect this is the case probably in many other places. But here, um, it is almost absolute: is that no one makes it into federal a federal level position unless they are corrupted. And so, it's even if you get good people at the top, you know they are so few and far between. There's, there's. The system is too big. They'll get, they'll get crushed by it, too. They make sure that only those who will help sustain it achieve positions of power.
0: Well, that's what David Ike points out in the interview I did with him, and he, he said it's like a pyramid structure. So, you know, there's a lot of good, well-meaning people join the police and join these organizations, but they get steered into certain directions by the people at the top, to be at the top, you have to be a psychopath. You have to have no conscience, no empathy Truly. for yeah. human suffering. I'm a, I'm also a member of law enforcement against prohibition, and they are completely against the war on drugs. And they say, look, the police was started to take person A out of society who harms person B, you know, murderers, pedophiles, rapists, robbers. And that's right. why I joined the police, to, to arrest these pedophiles and rapists. But when I joined the police... I was actually assigned to infiltrate a student group to encourage them to smoke cannabis and at the end of the month to arrest them all, all these students for, for smoking weed, weed possession and that's how they fill the private prisons, $50,000 a year of taxpayers money at, at least they get per each person they arrest and that's why at the yes. peak of the war on drugs you had almost a million arrests a year for weed possession. So these psychopaths at the top of the pyramid, they have taken the justice system and used it to maximize their own profits, and that's not in society's interest. And the politicians are promoting this, and the legislators are promoting this. They're part of these pedophile rings. So whenever the actual police link the customers of the child sex traffickers to the legislators and the politicians, order from the top comes to shut it down, just like John Wedge said.
1: Well, and here in the U.S., for example, along those lines, back, I think it was 2005, 2006, 5,000 Pentagon employees were caught with child porn on their work computers, okay? So these are people with security clearances and access to sensitive information, and no one was punished. Nothing was done. 5,000 with child porn on their computers. These are people who could be blackmailed to provide sensitive data to somebody because they're caught with this on their computer by a hacker, you know, some one of these other cartels. And then in 2013, there was a on This was on mainstream media too, reports of a child sex trafficking cover up. So the fact that there was child sex trafficking was acknowledged. They were talking about the cover up and that the fact and that this trafficking network reached quote the highest level of the state Department, and Hillary Clinton, who was Secretary of State at the time, Responded by saying that they shut down the investigation to spare jobs and and reputations. This is on the official record.
0: It's it's completely obscene. You've got people doing life sentences under three strikes laws for cannabis possession or for stealing a ten dollar pizza. I read a case about yes. that, which cost which cost the taxpayers at fifty thousand a year. Cost the taxpayers one two five million i think something like that to house that person for 25 years yet they're saying they don't have the resources to go after these political and powerful pedophiles it's one law for them and one one law for the public
1: right one one you know it leaves one hopeless (laughs) feeling (laughs) to to recognize that and sort of you know you you're left asking yourself you know, what is the alternative? What do we do? And one of the things, you know, I, I'm finding more and more in the community that I uh, circulate in is that people are, are looking, you know, like, okay, what's our path out of this mess? And um, I, I was taking cues from, I don't know if you've heard of Kevin Annette, who held no. citizen tribunals. Okay, so he was, I believe he's Canadian, and he held citizen tribunals to prosecute uh, the queen Elizabeth and others for the sex trafficking and murder of a group of 10 native children in Canada. This was um, during her honeymoon. I don't know if you'd heard about that story where they collected this group of native children that just disappeared on their honeymoon. And, um, and this citizen tribunal heard, you know, witness testimony, and um, and deliberated and produced uh, convictions um, that are recognized, my understanding, for example, in Spain. So, and this included the Pope as well, Pope Francis. And um, so now, supposedly, should these folks go to Spain, they could be arrested. <clears throat> and it seemed to me that, Given the work that folks like you and, um, amazing Polly and Whitney Webb and everybody else are doing, you know, this has done the, brought us to the point where even the most skeptical people are now unable to deny this reality that, you know, the pizza, the Pizzagate debunkers now, I mean, this is Pizzagate, the child sex trafficking to wealthy and powerful people. That's what it was about all the time. And it was, I don't know if you'd heard this um, also, that it was Mark Thompson was chief of the BBC during the cover-up of Jimmy Savile's child abuse, sexual abuse. And in 2012, he was exposed by journalist Liz McKinney for covering up all of that abuse. Ted Heath was another um, high-profile person he protected. Well, in 2012, once he was exposed for that, he left the BBC and went straight to CEO spot at the New York Times. And it was, in fact, the New York Times that supposedly debunked Pizzagate. So, um, you know, I think, you know, now that this Jeffrey Epstein case has come out, and people are like, you know, this is what we were talking about <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> They're kind of like, oh wow, you know, they they get it. Not maybe not completely, but they can't deny it anymore. And so, you know, my own feeling is that really, you know, just encouraging people to feel empowered, not only to talk about this and research it and post on it, but to think of themselves as you know em- empowered to pursue convictions of these people outside of these systems that are obviously there to protect them and citizen tribunals are are recognized as legitimate among other foreign nations uh, you know these so you know maybe we you can build global um, uh, you know will to to finally pr- to to jail these people to put them in prison where we can get the citizen tribunal convictions maybe these other governments that you know are also see these people as a problem would be willing to follow through on those you know it it, it seems like pie in the sky on one, on the one hand but on the other it's like it really is our only option to ever holding these people accountable. And this will not stop unless we do that. I mean, clearly it won't stop. As you mentioned, you know, Jeffrey Epstein is gone, but you can bet that those girls are still being trafficked. There's just a new face, you know, the new, the new face of the Jeffrey Epstein network.
0: That's the sad reality of it. And I think it was the New York Times that obliterated the reputation of Terry Reid, who wrote the book Compromise? He flew cocaine into Arkansas, and he met with Clinton himself. And he, you know, he's, he he describes how Clinton was getting stone and high on coke, and and ta- receiving this cocaine through Dan Lassiter. Dan Lassiter was pretending he was a doctor called Doctor Lassiter, and that the shipment coming in was organs, and um, actually Terry Reid had looked inside the container and it was cocaine. So the, the difference between now and then is that you've got the old media versus the internet so like you touched on you've got all these activists around the world banding together doing this research and keeping this story going and showing it from the other side of the mainstream media which is completely controlled sadly people like prince andrew will never be brought to justice there are people in this world who are too powerful and the very reason for elite deviance is that these people know that they can get away with anything. Jimmy Savile was at that level. They protected him right until he died. Andrew will be protected. Clinton will be protected. And, you know, people who expose anything new or uh, present a huge risk to them, like Epstein, those people will, will be continue to be wiped out.
1: Yeah. Well, the, uh, had you heard of the NXIVM, um sex cult case here in the U.S.? as well it was going on at the same time this year at the same time um uh all of this was starting coming together around jeffrey epstein and th- it was run by the Bronfman sisters so um he was their father was also a billionaire who was partners with robert maxwell and they um Claire and uh, I forget the other sister's name, were arrested earlier this, uh, I think it was this year, um, on charges of running a human compromise operation that involved child sex trafficking. And it, and it also, um, she was in the police report or investigative report, it said that they were blackmailing no fewer than five federal judges. Um, Senator Chuck Schumer, they had blackmail material on and, uh, Claire Bronsman was allowed to walk away from all the child sex. Tra- she got these minor misdemeanor style yeah. charges, um, that she pled guilty to, but nothing on the child sex trafficking. And we are aware that in fact, it's a preschool of all things. These aren't even teenage girls. These are toddlers that are being sex trafficked. Okay, And for people, I I could not believe that when I first started hearing that, I just thought there is no way that is true. And it was something that it really took a lot for me to accept. But um, the evidence is overwhelming that that's what they're doing with this other Nexium network. It's still operating just as it was before. And Claire Bronsman fucking walked away.
0: Well, the name's changed, but it, it continues. And it's it's a sad, uh, you know, reality of just the government and the elites and their psychopathic behavior. But what can we do? Can we, we – we can, we can expose it, yes, and accept it. And it, and it's heartbreaking when you first start to research this stuff, and it, 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 it's soul-destroying. But to try and it keep is. that negativity at bay, you know, I, I, I wake up with a smile on my face most days. Um I went. I went. I had my own incarceration in Arizona in Sheriff Joe Arpaio's uh, hotel, Crowbar oh, wow. Hotel, and that you know I was, I was had cockroaches on me all night long. Uh, there was dead rats in the food, and that that taught me that to appreciate the small things.
1: Right. Thank you so much for joining, Sean. Please check out Sean oh, Atwood on YouTube, and he's um, got some great content there and more to count. See you next week. Thank you, Sean. Pieces, pieces, bloody and bruised. I feel so helpless and confused. Cause I hear screaming on the left.